0: big one, welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marian Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big one, welcome to you. My name is Marian Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today's podcast is called The Wisdom of Trauma because there's been a gorgeous film documentary just out recently by Gabor Mate. And um, it's really in the field, in the zeitgeist, isn't it? It's like everyone I know is talking about it. And we thought we would come along and talk about it with you.
1: Yes, yes. And I mean, look, I've made it known I'm a big fan of Gabor Mate. Like, I think. (laughs) I do tell the story. I have a picture. We might have to post this picture, Marion. Oh. I got to do a masterclass with him about three or four years ago when he came to Melbourne. And um, I sat like in the second row and it was like I was at a rock star concert <laughs> because when he <laughs> walked out, I was with a colleague of mine and I squeezed her head. I was like, "Oh my god, there he is!" It was hilarious. We were like total fangirling over this seventy-year-old man <laughs> because <laughs> I really loved his work and his books and what he would stood for. And he was actually extraordinary to be in the presence of and watch him live. And you know, there were oh, close to a thousand people in the room as he was doing his talk and his his connection and his um his owning his stuff his absolute transparency in his wounds and his story was so beautiful to witness mm. in a in a speaker but also in a, in, a, in a man and also someone in his 70s you know and you know he he comes from Hungary my in-laws are Hungarian and the whole time i was sitting there i was imagining my father-in-law you know, because he's the same, exactly the same age, and and I was like, oh, I don't think my father-in-law is going to speak like that. And I was really blown away again by his deep compassion for all the questions he had in the audience, and his commitment and connection to his work was really profound. So, you know, I, I am a big fan of him and um and his work, and was so excited when this pod, uh, when sorry, when this documentary came out, and it was beautiful to watch. And I know we've both watched it a few times, and I have found that I watched it. Just going, yes, 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 (laughs) so often because this is the work we talk about all the time. It for me is why we're parenting is so profound because it speaks to the answer to many of the problems that that are spoken about. In relationship to trauma, in relationship to addiction, in relationship to parenting wounds, all that stuff, and that's where I feel we're parenting so beautifully answers so many of those problems that come up with what we do as far as connection and listening and play and looking at our own stories and all those beautiful pieces. So, yeah, I found it um, it was such a beautiful representation of of the why why this work is so important. Oh, such a big guess. Yeah. I
0: I've, <laughs> I love how much you're a big fan of his. And I really want to acknowledge, I read his book it's with Gordon Newfield, isn't it? Hold mm. on to your kids. Mm. I read that when um, Lana was really little. So I don't know, something like 18 or 19 years ago. And mm. it had such a huge impact on me. So I'm so incredibly grateful for him mm. and what he does. I love his podcast with Russell um, Brand mm. as well. So, mm. Yeah so mm.
1: yes powerful stuff so I think in this podcast what do we wanted to do because yes the the documentary has been free to watch for a week it's probably by the time we get this out there it might not be up anymore but then you're able to purchase and watch it and I highly highly recommend doing it it is really good and it's worth looking at for sure and um, there's lots of amazing interviews they're doing this week as well with many um, well-known people who work in trauma and their different take on it and that's also been really wonderful to lean into and listen to um, you know, garbles conversations with them. So that's been pretty amazing as well. But I think really what we wanted to do today is just, is talk a little bit about what the documentary talks about and how we see it from, you know, our point of view, and particularly from that aware parenting lens and our experiences with it. Because again, I think what we have both seen in our years and years and years of doing this work and working with families is how we can actually heal this trauma how we have tools and what we can do so that we do not have to carry these stories forward so that that intergenerational trauma does stop so that we can actually heal ourselves so we can be the parents we want to be. And, you know, for me, that's what excites me the most about, I think, this work and particularly what we're doing is because... (laughs) Well, not only have I done that for myself in my own family and my own healing, but with the, and the same with you, Marion, with the thousands of people we've spoken to and worked with over the years, we've seen what is possible when that healing is, is available or when the right, when we have the right environment, when we, when we have that safety, when we have that holding that we can move and heal these stories. So it's yeah it's profound profound stuff so i'm not sure where we start maybe we we'll start at the beginning because there's lots to unpack and talk about here but perhaps i'll just start with you know that we we obviously know there is a huge problem in our world um you know garble obviously a lot of his work is around addiction that's where he did a lot of his work around people that had addiction and turning that on its head around the fact that it's not people that are making bad choices what they're doing is they're they're protecting themselves and you know he he talked quite candidly that most people that have very very strong addictions have had trauma Oh well, well i mean I mean, and again, when we break down what is trauma, I think I we going "Have can had we trauma." That? Can we yeah, do yeah. that, let's We're start gonna, with that first. That's
0: what I was really wanting yeah. to start with because,
1: yeah.
0: you know, I actually looked up the definition of trauma and where it first came up, and I it's even it's been around in terms of psychological trauma since at least at the eighteen nineties. It was um, Charcot who was then uh, went on to be a teacher of Freud, I believe. So it's been around for a long time that understanding. And I also looked up the, the DSM the diagnostic statistic or whatever that thing is, I can never remember the name of it. So that's like the diagnostic of trauma. And, and in that it's like really severe. So it's like, you know, if someone's died or, you know, seen like horrific violence and the way I would see it, and I wonder if you see it this way, Lael, is that um, this is relevant to everyone that we all experience painful things and particularly in the world, you know, what, what the world's going through right now, let alone mass extinction, all the things that um, I see it more like a spectrum that we're all going to experience painful experiences just being born Mm -hmm. coming to the world and some of us are going to experience really 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 painful what we would call traumatic experiences but where it's a spectrum I would say it's not like there's this you know one group of people who've experienced trauma and then everyone else who hasn't Mm. still acknowledging the severity that has a huge difference it has a huge impact on how the the impact on us but that this is for everyone this is not just for a certain group of people in society and the same with addiction we would say wouldn't it is that's Mm. what we love about the understanding Mm. of control patterns in aware parenting Mm. is that we're again I would see that as a spectrum if we've had hugely painful adverse traumatic experiences and we've had very little or no support or listening for that we're going to talk more about that aren't we that um you know that's going to have a much bigger impact than if we have you know mildly painful experiences and possibly someone who's listening to us so that's that's kind of the map that i see it in i don't know if that resonates with you now
1: it totally resonates with me because i think and i do i mean i love this quote i'm going to just pull this quote out that says trauma trauma is not the bad things that happen to you but what happens inside of you as a result of what happens to you and 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 you know he also goes on to say you know that um, trauma on many levels is a disconnection from self you know so it's it can be as small as you know needing to be a good boy or a good girl in order to make sure we get our needs met it also can be horrific things that we're experiencing or stuff that we've seen and and you know look I, I absolutely agree with you I think we all have traumas in our lives. Lives, you know, and for some, uh, an event or something may happen that may not hold any trauma for them, and then for somebody else, with their perception, it does. And you know, when I really began to learn about this, and I think we've shared about this, is many, many years ago when I first started working in birth. I um, I interviewed hundreds and hundreds of women on their birth stories. So I I would sit and I would say, "Tell me your story," and it was fascinating hearing people's stories. And what really blew me away was. When I would be listening to some stories that in my idea was like, wow, that sounds like a really beautiful positive birth. The woman was deeply traumatized because of something that happened. Mm -hmm. And then other stories that I thought sounded horrific, and the woman was like, oh my God, it was the best birth. It was such an amazing experience. And I'm thinking, what? Like that doesn't, that doesn't sound that way for me. And so what was very interesting was really um hearing and and beginning to realize that it is absolutely in the eye of the beholder of how we perceive what's happened, the support we may get in those moments and and what we make that mean. And I think that we we talk about this a lot and we have seen this, that it is often, you know, what happens in an event or something goes on, and our ability or the opportunity to process those feelings and emotions afterwards often, you know, then can dictate whether we hold on to that trauma and that becomes part of our story or we are able to let it go and move through it. And again, that's what I think where parenting speaks so beautifully to around The attunement that we are aspiring to have as parents to keep offering opportunities for our children to move stories that may be sitting there that when we are attuned to them when we create space for listening to tears or anger or rage when we create opportunities for playfulness where children can process their stuff we are giving them the opportunity every day to move whatever may be sitting in their being as opposed to it just sitting there and being lodged and then having to work very very hard to repress those feelings Mm. I'm also remembering Alice Miller. I think it was her who
0: said um, something like trauma is not what happens to us, so a bit different to Gabor, but it's it's if we do not have anyone with us who will understand that experience. Yes. Well, I think that's so beautiful, isn't it? because yes. in a way parenting, of course, we're doing all we can to meet our children's needs and protect them from trauma mm-hmm. or stress. And being here in the world means that it's impossible to, to avoid stressful or, tra- or traumatic or painful experiences. It's impossible mm-hmm. to do that. And the fact that we can actually, um, even just understanding children's feelings, even if, and again, none of us is going to have capacity to listen to 100% of our child's feelings. But the fact that we understand that if something painful has happened to them, and perhaps they're sucking their thumb, or they're hitting their brother, or they um, you know, they're not sleeping, they're waking up every two hours at night, even just understanding that that's feelings and those feelings are as a result of the painful experiences they've had is a profound shift away from the previous paradigm.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, I I agree with you. And I think it, you know, that that piece you're just talking about there is so vitally important. So many of parents come into parenting with an idea of, I don't ever want my child to be upset or it's not okay. And so they work so hard to try and keep their child okay or happy or and again we see the impact of that where we don't often have any um, limits or boundaries for our children and because we just want them to be okay all the time and we want to protect them and you know often that is just a reflection of our own pain or fear of I don't want anything bad to happen to them and so therefore I need to hold them so tight because you know I can't cope with what that feels like and you know I think that over the years for me what I've witnessed and what I've learned through my own children is that our ability to sit in the uncomfortable and know and trust, yes, hard things are going to happen. And yes, I do not have control over what is going to be the journey of my child's life, but what I do have is the ability to stay deeply connected to them to make sure that whatever does happen, I'm here and I can hear you and I trust your ability to move through whatever is going on because it's exactly that. It's it's children don't get traumatized because they get hurt. They get traumatized because they are alone with their hurt. And I think that that is such an important piece. And when we look back to things like babies and 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 a lot of the stuff that we've been conditioned to do over these generations of, you know, you, you don't want your child to be dependent on you and you need to teach them independence early and you know we need to teach them to sleep and all these kind of things sometimes buy into where those stories and traumas can sit around um, our children being alone with those big feelings and that's where it becomes a, a huge story.
0: Mm, yes, and I think that's where I'd love to bring in like and Gabor talked about that so often, didn't he? it's about the the environment and the culture, and so I would say that so much of the trauma that, and the stress and the painful experiences are actually a result of the the what I call the disconnected domination culture that we live in at this time. and to really again not to yes, although the healing happens on an individual level on a family level between a, a parent and a child. This is so natural and normal that we get hurt in this culture because parents are taught to, you know, mothers are taught to not trust their bodies in birth. Babies are routinely separated after birth. You know, all the things that happen um, as part of this culture. So so much of the, the, the pain, stress, trauma that gets inflicted is actually part of the culture that we live in. And again, I think that can really help um, parents in particular to know just living in this culture is going to mean that our children will experience painful things and we cannot protect them from that. Mm. We can protect them from that, but we can't prevent it all from happening unless we live in a little bubble, which I did try that out for a few years, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I think that, that, you know, I guess what I come back to and having like adult children now I look at and think, yeah, hard things are going to happen and they're going to have pains in their life. But what I have witnessed in, in parenting them, and I guess what was different to me, is that they feel a trust or they know that when something's hard, they come to us as the first place and, and really they say, help me navigate this. Like, how can I do it? And sometimes that's talking and sometimes it's just listening to crying and sometimes it's setting limits around behavior or, you know, there's different things that it can look like, but the default is I'm not alone in this and I can find my way through it, which is what, you know, when we talk about resilience, I mean, we did a podcast on this. It's what's building that, you know, resilience around our ability to navigate those challenging things and find our way through and move into a place of thriving and deeper connection with who we are and the truth of who we are. Are. and that's I guess what we're wanting to do when we're doing this so I, I for me particularly this documentary I think what it does is it really shines a light on why we are often the way we are and the compassion piece which I think Gabor does really quite beautifully of particularly when he works with addicts or anybody who's had trauma he's saying uh, it's not that you are a bad person and it's not because you've made bad choices it's because what happened to you? Like what has happened to you that's driven you to these places? And, you know, I think that is very much in alignment with what we often talk about. We, And I say this all the time, we are always coming from protection. You know, the way we behave, the way we often respond to stuff is always driven by a need to how do I keep myself safe here? And sometimes keeping ourselves safe is I can't afford to feel what's happened to me. So I need to numb myself out or I need to control every element of my life if I can or I need to ne- ever feel powerless so I have to power over all the time or you know we're always coming from this place of protection to keep ourselves safe and and you and I think about what the work we're wanting to do here as parents is to create a whole different paradigm for our children that do not have to move into protection that don't have to move into repressing that don't have to move into powering over that they know it is safe enough to feel what they need to feel They know what that can feel like and how good that feels, and they know how to access that support so they can do it so they can lean into it and move forward. Because I think, you know, for most of us, I guess, in this and the way we were raised because that was not modelled to us, we are undoing, we are unlearning, we are unpacking all the things we've had to do to try and keep ourselves safe and protected, and and we're also trying to parent at the same time. (laughs) That's really hard, and that's why it's challenging. That's why it's super, super challenging. Yeah, so hard, so big. Hey. And that need for
0: safety is so vital, isn't it? Do you know what when you were talking? I was thinking about that thing. I wrote a little note here. I know you wrote lots of notes as well. Um, uh, where Gabor said we disconnected from ourselves because it was too painful. And again, that's what I love about where parenting. I know we both do, is I and I think I said this in the last podcast that I, I don't know any other parenting paradigm that really deeply understands the process by which. Babies and children learn to suppress or repress their feelings rather than to feel them. And when we understand that process, which is basically in order for a baby or a a young child to stay connected with the feeling in their body, which might be fear or outrage or sadness or overwhelm or confusion, they need to have another, they need to have an adult who's able to be present with them, stay present enough in their body as an adult, and to be able to, to give loving presence to those feelings. And that's what babies or children pick up on. Now, of course, uh, I don't know any of us who's able to be with 100% of our feelings all of the time because of the cultural conditioning. But the more we can stay present in our own bodies with a with a wide variety of our own feelings, the more we're going to be able to do that with our baby or child. And what then they experience is I can stay present in my body whilst I'm feeling this feeling. And to whatever degree, we're not able to do that either because uh, nobody ever listened to those feelings in us. So we can't stay present with our own. And there'll be different feelings for each of us. Some of us might feel really comfortable with grief, but really uncomfortable with outrage because that was really judged in our family, whatever it is. But the more we're able to be present with a wider range of our own feelings in our bodies, the more we're going to be able to stay present with a wider range of our child's big feelings. And pretty much the only way we can do that is by having that experience ourselves. So, having the experience of someone listening to us, listening to those feelings in us, who is comfortable with those feelings in themselves. It's like a an ongoing process that 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 presence, uh, the presencing gets um, transferred so that then as would have happened for us as babies and children, we internalize that presence, that loving capacity to to feel sadness and not to feel scared by it, not to need to go into uh, eating chocolate or dissociating or whatever it is to be able to feel that so that we can then pass on that quality of presence to our child. And, of course, that's an ongoing process, and it's going to change from day to day depending on how stressed we are or how busy we are or how many other children we've got or any of the other things that go on in our world. But I would say, again, that's the beauty of really understanding then how um, what's called control patterns in aware parenting develop, which is whenever we either don't understand that our baby or child has feelings or we don't have capacity in that moment to listen, or we're busy or distracted with something else, or our own feelings from our own childhood are showing up, we will not be able to offer that quality of presence. So basically, they're either going to learn from us to repress or suppress those feelings by the way we've done it. So if they've fed us when we actually need to cry, we'll go, oh, okay, this sensation means hunger. Then I'm I'm going to ask for food every time I feel sad. Or... They will learn to do something themselves. So they might learn to. They might choose to suck. Well, not really choose. They might suck their thumb. They might twirl their hair. They might pick their nose. They might get on a screen. Whatever it is, these are just ways to disconnect from the feelings which is what Gabo is talking about we disconnect from those feelings in ourselves because we didn't have someone else who could be present in their bodies with us so really that's I think that's one of the main passions that we both have isn't it we're so passionate about supporting parents to have increased capacity in their bodies to be with a wider range of their own feelings so that they can be that for their child so that our children have uh, less need for control patterns because they can be more present with themselves. They can be more connected with who they really are and what they feel in
1: any moment. That's it really, isn't it? It's, it so is, And I, I'm just thinking about that, you know, for me that comes back to, and that was such a beautiful explanation is about us doing the work for our, for ourselves, for our children, for the future generations. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, God, I can't listen to that and this feels hard and all those kind of things, it, it, we always, again, come back to deep compassion because none of us were shown how to do this, right? And it's rare that we we work with a, a parent who has been raised in a way where they were deeply listened to. And, again, I'm going to say this because we say it in every podcast. Our parents were doing the best job they knew how. There is no fault or blame. We are a product of the society and the generations and just everything that we have lived in, as you talked about before, around what we have been taught to do as a culture. And so I think there is no blame and there is no, you know, I'm wrong because I can't do it. We, we have to start from a place of compassion for ourselves, for what we have shown, where we have been, and just know that all we need is a tiny bit of willingness to say, hey, I want to do this differently. And that is going to look different for every person. But as you you talked about so beautifully there, it starts with us as the parent, going, well, what is my story? And where do I need listening? And what do I need to feel? And we need to, again, find the right person or people or whatever that looks like to feel safe enough to go there. And there is a beautiful part in the movie, um, for those who haven't seen it, where Gabor is doing a session with somebody who has cancer and this man is actually going back into where he was felt he was always silenced and he never got to speak his truth and there was a lot of anger and rage and, you know, Gabor makes some some big connections between illness in the body and what gets stored there and, um, you know, you can read his book, When the Body, I think it's When the Body Says No, I think that's his book, Um you know there's some very interesting stuff around what our body carries and holds on to and you know he's doing this beautiful compassionate listening to this man and and you can see it in Gabo he's sitting there with complete reverence and without any angst or anything just to say I see this within you because I have felt that myself and I am okay with that and I think that is part of this and I think that is also really important when for you as a parent when you are doing the work to find somebody who, again, can hold that presence within themselves. You know, we, we and I do remember hearing this actually, Gabor, when I went and saw him and did that masterclass, he says, we will only take somebody as far as we've been ourselves. And he did say that to a room of therapists and there was a collective gasp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I think people are like, "What? What do you mean?" And he's like, "It's true. You'll only take someone as willing as you are, as far as you are willing to go within your own healing journey, because it's exactly that. Exactly what you talked about—that presence of this is not too scary for me. I can sit in this bigness with you, and and it is a work in progress. And when we look at um, adults or parents, you know, it's finding." You know, support that can hold that and see that within us so that we can feel it. And we know it's safe to feel it. So then we actually go, Oh, this is okay. This is safe. And then we get to bring that to our children. And I think that's what our children are constantly often asking us to do. You know, when we look at where our children will push our buttons or bring up stuff for us, they're asking us, Hey, look at your own story here. You need to heal this piece. You need to move it so that I can then feel comfortable enough in my own in uh, my own expression of this so then I can move it. And I think that's what I, well, for me at least, that is what my children have constantly done. They're like, okay, good one, mum, you got that bit now. Now I want to go here (laughs) or let's go deeper into this. And they will often bring up these pieces or stories for me where I have to lean into deeper parts of myself that felt shame or felt embarrassment or felt not good enough or felt the anger or felt the rage or whatever it is to, to feel it, to move it. And, and I think when we can start practicing doing that, when we know that it is a work in progress, that it's a beautiful continual, you know, thing that we can do as a human, then what we do is create, we create a greater, deeper capacity for others and especially for our children.
0: Mm, so lovely, Lau. Yum. You know, I'm also thinking as well, when you're talking about shame and judgment around feelings, around um, healing from stressful, painful, traumatic experiences, which is generally through the feeling of feelings with someone else, uh, or if we have enough capacity to, to have, you know, with our own inner presencing. Um, but to me, I, I also love to bring in, you know, me, the big picture there's that that is part of the cultural conditioning. The cultural conditioning is judgment and shame around feelings I mean this culture is so uh still the disconnected domination culture is based upon that's that's shameful to have feelings or it's ju- you know there's judgment or shame and I really loved um I was in tears a few times watching um the wisdom of trauma and the bit I was remembering again this morning was uh with the the prison
1: in mm. inmates interesting
0: word, isn't it inmates um and um, the organisation. What was it called? Something like No Shame. Mm. Can you remember something like No Shame? Mm. And there was a there was a man there singing the song, mm. singing a song about basically not not having not basically the way I was seeing is not sh- feeling shame around having feelings and having painful experiences that have led to then these um, behaviours that are you know a desperate cry for help. Uh, and I just found that so incredibly powerful. That what happens as a culture as we gradually um, put down I call put down the shame sticks and the judgment sticks which I think is what's happening in the collective the fact that this um, Gabor has put out this gorgeous documentary and that it's being so um, you know it's really so viral is I think uh, we're at a time in this culture to be ready on the next level to really understand even though you know it's more than 100 years we've understood something about psychological trauma but actually that next level of feelings are natural and normal we have all been hurt our childhood experiences do have a profound impact on us in ways that are you know massively big uh, intergenerational transmission of trauma uh you know is, is a profound thing and it's it's what causes most of the things that are painful in our world like um again in the the documentary about what we're doing to our planet there's a a profound disconnection from our bodies and our feelings in order to be able to do that to the actual planet that sustains us i mean the level of disconnection that's required for us as a culture to be doing what we're doing to the planet to animals to other humans we can just see it it's just so profoundly clear isn't it and i do think that we are in a big wake-up call time and that things really are shifting quite quickly
1: Mm, yeah i i agree with you and i think it is it's time that that we're actually questioning well why and how did we get here and what do we need to do and you're right the planet needs it and and we are seeing that all around the world at the moment and i love that they talk about that this this trauma understanding piece is is really looking at any, any human with compassion empathy understanding yeah you you coming from protection, like you, you're here because of what happened to you. And we we are so ingrained in this judgment or criticism of others when really I often think this, if we knew everybody's story, we would just sit in so much compassion with everybody because we're all doing the best job we know how with what's happened to us. And, and I think, you know, that for me also is another thing, which I know you talk about a lot too, which is that those two prime needs of attachment and authenticity. And, you know, I love how you speak about this, Marion, because you're so right. Like I was saying exactly what I've heard you talk about for a long time, which is that, um, you know, Our primal survival is attachment is like I need to get food or I need to have shelter and I need to, to survive. That's what's ingrained in us as babies. So we learn pretty quickly on how do I get that attachment to stay alive? And then the second piece is that authenticity of staying connected to ourselves. And what is often the split is that in order to have that attachment to survive, we have to abandon the authentic self because it may not fit into the paradigm of what our parents says is acceptable or not. And we see this so often with anger. And we talked about this in our Mother Rage podcast. So I really recommend going and listening to that because that was such a good one because I know that hit a chord with so many women, we had so many messages after that podcast because women were saying, that is me, that is me. I've never felt such anger and rage until I became a mother. And and so often what it has tapped us into is all those times where we were silenced when we were younger because it wasn't safe to speak our truth. It wasn't safe to get angry. It wasn't safe to feel. And we could say the same thing for men and fathers perhaps that it wasn't safe for them to cry. It wasn't safe for them to be vulnerable. You know, anger or aggression was probably seen as more acceptable, you know, perhaps, as a way that they were expressing themselves but the vulnerability parts weren't allowed and so I think that is such a key key piece of again those those needs of authenticity and attachment and what drives us and and why again as adults and we we talked about this in our podcast why we we often won't take risks because we're like i'm too scared people might judge me or um, we don't speak our truth because then people might not like me you know we're so ingrained into um, not listening to what our authentic voice wants to say because of the imprints we had around you won't survive if you do
0: Mm.
1: Oh my gosh, I love how you express that. And
0: thank you so much for acknowledging <laughs> you heard me. Say that. You heard me say that before. I was like, when he said it, I was like, oh no, I've been talking about this for years. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, the way I love uh, thinking about it in terms of an aware parenting lens as well is like, you know, babies coming into the world having feelings every day. Like it's so normal and natural for babies to feel feelings every day, to feel have feelings to express about their birth, to have feelings to express after they've had a busy day out or just even an ordinary day out. And you know, for children to have so many feelings, I think we really underestimate how many feelings babies and children have as a result of just daily experiences, as well as stress, as well as trauma, whether that's birth trauma or divorce or just we're stressed as parents. And to understand that um, in order to uh, be safe, to be long or to be loved, it's to some degree, even the fact of learning to suppress or repress feelings to learn these control patterns is part of that, um, dynamic between being our authentic, having our own authentic expression of our feelings and needing to learn from the family and culture that we are all born into of how to respond to those feelings. So babies are doing that actually from in utero, but right from in birth once they're born, they're observing and noticing how we respond to their feelings. They are taking that in every little bit of the way. And again, not to not to have more guilt or judgment sticks. This is normal and natural. Babies and children need to fit into the culture that they are born into. They need to fit in and belong. It's 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 required for survival. So the way I would see it is the more we are able to be with our own feelings, the more we're doing our own inner work, the more we're on this ongoing, ever, ever, never-ending journey of doing that, the more we're going to be able to see our child's true authentic self, the more we're going to be able to see, ah, they've actually got feelings. It's not that they're tired and that's why they're really, they're suddenly having a tantrum. They've got big feelings to express to us. And the more we can see those big feelings, the more we can, be present with them, the more they're going to be able to stay connected with who they really are, the less they're going to be constrained by their cultural conditioning. And that's going to mean, and again, I love Gabor said that a lot, didn't hear about the, the potential that we all have. The more we do our work as parents, the more we are going to be able to see our child's true self and listen to their feelings, more of their feelings and all of those things. And the more they can be who they really are, the more they will feel a congruence between who they feel inside and who they believe themselves to be because of how they've been mirrored by their family and their culture. Isn't that one of the most amazing things that we can do as human beings to actually support another human being to
1: have more of that experience in their life? Mm, yes. Which again, you know, when we look at, I think what we all want as parents for our children is to be live a beautiful, blissful, happy life, right? You know, we that's what we want. And I guess if we break that down, we come back to that's got to be where they're in alignment with themselves, like and that they are deeply connected to the truth of who they are. And then so they can live a life that feels fulfilling to them. And that is so much about what this is about, is how do we right from the beginning turn up and hold that space for them and listen with compassion and empathy to wherever they are, meet them where they're at so that they do not have to abandon themselves to survive. You know, that they actually get to be who they need to be within that bigger picture, you know, and um. You know, I know even a statement like that, or I was talking about that, if you're new to a we're parenting, you're like, but how does that look? What do you mean? Like, does it mean they just get to do whatever they want? Like, you know, and and again, this is where a lot of what a beautiful Aletha Salter's work talks about is that that is about play and it's about, um you know, having limits and it's it's about, you know, listening and, and all the kind of there's different elements within it. It isn't just, okay, you do whatever you want and then you'll be connected, you know, you'll be free to be you. It is so much about, you know, that attunement to a child and and as we've talked about doing our own work, our own story so that we can be in that space where we are deeply attuned to them to witness and observe and see what it is that they need so that we can, create that very, very safe container for them to process what's big, to express, you know, what might be sitting there to help them find their way back into into balance, into that center point of where they need to be. Yeah, it's it's big, it's profound, and and to really honor too, it's not easy. Like it's this is hard work, right? This is not just yeah, that's how I'm going to do it because the hard work comes from we have to again, as we've touched on, we have to look at our own stories first. So we have to look at where our pain sits and perhaps where our wounds come from and what we need to do our own healing around that so that we. We can turn up and be that for our kids and everybody has a story we all do and and I do love that Gabor did touch on this that and I see this with a lot of my clients I'm sure you do too Marion is that it's you can have grown up in a really really happy household and it could have been a lot of love and connection which is beautiful but there are still times perhaps where you it wasn't safe for you to speak your truth or you didn't get your needs met. And then we created a whole story around what that means. And then we continue that on and we all have it. We all have it, right? It could be because you didn't get picked for the basketball team when you were eight, right? And then you had a whole lot of feelings that you didn't get to process. And then that became a big story around I'm not never good enough right and so people are always gonna leave me behind I don't know whatever story we created at the time and if we didn't have the opportunity to express that to feel it to move into it then we carry that forward and that and that is again us most of us as adults the stories and the perception and the lens we look through are so deeply connected to to the stories that we created in childhood and and what we needed to do at that time you know to keep ourselves safe and I think that's where You know, this work is so deeply profound. If we can lean into our story and to be curious about where it comes from and feel what we needed to feel or express what we needed to express that we didn't get to and be held safely as we process that, then the freedom that we have that comes from that is just, it's profound.
0: Mm, so profound yes so I, I love what you talked about there lal and what you call the stories and i tend to call themes and i loved mm-hmm. again how gabor t- talked about that didn't he when he was talking about the um oh what's his name the podcast guy about his experience when he got uh, angry about oh the- tim ferris yeah yeah, Ferriss. yeah. um To really see that when we're having big reactions in our parenting, that is always an invitation. I talk about a charge phrase and and our themes there that we're constantly being invited. And that's, again, the way I see is our beautiful, natural, normal psyche is going, hey, this is reminding me of something from the past. This is not something wrong with us. This is the amazingness, the wisdom of our psyche that will go. Oh my gosh maybe these feelings will get to be heard this time that's why we we have big responses big out of proportion responses the same with our children i often get really sad when i see those memes going around you know in where parenting leetha talks about the broken cookie phenomenon which actually came from patty whip i think in the in the beginning which is uh, a child does a tiny small thing and has a massive reaction or we do a tiny small thing and the child has a massive tantrum. And I think it's so not understood in this culture and of course brings up fear and confusion in parents. So they they might laugh, which again is the, that expression of fear. We know laughter is a powerful release process but to actually understand when children are having a really big cry or a big reaction, big tantrum in response to some tiny thing, that's the wisdom of their psyche. They are expressing all the pent up painful feelings that have been happening over the last days, weeks, months, years, however long it's been. We are so wise. And again, coming back to that um, map or model that Gabor has and that I have too, <laughs> which is that that's the constant search of the psyche to express to to be our authentic selves, to heal, to become more whole again, to become more relaxed in our bodies, all of those things, those big reactions that children have uh, are part of that. So again, I love what you said is that Aware Parenting, it not only has this really big picture understanding, but it's really practical. So we can offer really specific, practical, tangible things to do which include meeting children's needs, which include listening to feelings whenever we can, which include uh, attachment play, which include understanding the source of pretty much all of children's behaviors, which include loving limits, all of the massive amounts of things, which include finding ways to meet everyone's needs. So many tangible things that are actually putting into practice what this documentary was talking about.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. And I think that part you're talking about with Tim Ferris too, the power of perception, when he breaks down, yes. you know, so where's the story you've got? And is that the is that the story you chose to be yeah. true? And he's like, of course not, because that was my default. And I love that he says it takes you from, in my words, being a victim to being powerful to actually say, oh, God, that's just my story there and that's how I'm perceiving it to be. And we see this in every moment when somebody says something to us and we have a big reaction and we default to making it about the person, well, they don't understand, you know, and they're they're judgmental or they're this and they're that instead of actually going, Actually, I'm having a reaction here. This is about me. I mean, that. this is something I talk about all the time. You know, I, I find it's like we have to own our stories. Yes, you're we so passionate to- about this, Laila, aren't you? Oh I God. so love your passion for this. I talk about this all the time because I see it all the time. We are so quick to deflect onto where someone else isn't doing what we need them to do or it doesn't look the way we think it should instead of actually leaning into what is happening for me in this moment, what is going on? There is something that is alive for me where I'm having a reaction. I perhaps need to take a moment and go, oh, what am I feeling here? And that can be in parenting, that can be at work, that can be with your partner, it can be in any moment. What is this about for me that's bringing up feelings? And that for me is... I mean, that's where I just think our world will change. Imagine if we got that, right? If we all took ownership of our feelings, if we all went, wow, there's something going on for me, you know, I need to own this. I mean, just the other day, Marion, last week, remember, I, I, I had a big reaction to something. I rang you and I was like, can you talk now? And you're like, yes. And I'm on the phone straight away and I'm like, I am feeling like this, this, this and this, right? And you only needed to say to me. Oh yeah. Okay, so what's that remind you of, right? And straight away I was back into I'm 4 years old and my parents are doing this and I'm trying to fix it and I can't make it right and I just I burst into tears. I had a really big cry and and it was pretty instant because, you know, I was feeling so angry and powerless and then as soon as I had that space or that container to go where does that come from? All those feelings came out. I had a really 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 big cry. And then it was able to move. And then that was powerful because that was really like a 15-minute process, right? Now, the label from the past many years ago, I would have sat in that for weeks, right? I would have kept blaming the people that I was having those feelings around. I would have kept looking at why can't they just do this and do that instead of actually owning in that moment, oh, man, there's a big story here for me. I need to release something. And it was pretty powerful. Yeah. And oh. I got to really feel that powerlessness or how I felt, from that younger version of me that couldn't fix something
0: yeah and I so deeply acknowledge your passion for that of like really us the power the power in the world if if we uh, more people who have the capacity to do that did that and you know what I love as well is that what you said is, because we're so often in the past, we are so often living from the past. So often, I used to live 99% of the time from, this isn't quite aware parenting, from younger parts of me, from feelings from the past, from the aware parenting perspective, from feelings from the past that didn't get to be lovingly heard. And now now it's so much less of the time. And the thing is, the more of the feelings we get to feel and express and to, to have lovingly heard, the more we actually are living in the present. Again, Gabor talked about this. So we're living in the present. And what that means is we're actually able to respond to what is in the present, which sometimes there are actually things going in the present which we have a no for, which we actually want to say, no, I'm not willing for that. Or we want to, we're listening into again, he talked about this a lot, didn't he, our intuitive sense. Is this right for me? Do I want to do this? All of those things we're more present in our bodies. We can feel their sensations. We can feel pleasure. We can feel relaxation. We can feel connection. And it's so obvious in babies and small children, isn't it? Like the more, the basic, the more we meet their needs, the more we're able to listen to their feelings, the more relaxed they're in their bodies. They can feel presence they actually are in the present moment which is the wondrousness of having a body or being in a body or a body being in us however you see it and actually experiencing the here and now and Mm. um you know i really noticed when my kids were younger we'd uh, see other children is the more feelings a child's got the more likely there are to bump into things to trip over to to not see stuff And again, because they are trying to, they're they're repressing their feelings, which is wonderful. They need to do that. And they will often then do things like fall over a lot and then have a big cry about hurting themselves because maybe those feelings in the family are acceptable and welcome. We are so wise at every single age, right? From in utero to to forever. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that presence that this work supports us to be more present in the moment, which is one of the most wonderful gifts, isn't it? That's what I experience. I, I, i was so dissociated as a younger person i didn't i couldn't feel the joy and the wonder of actually I, if i was walking along a beach all i could feel is my own pain and my own harsh in a dialogue Now, if I'm in nature or doing something yummy, I can actually enjoy it, which is so wonderful. And again, what a gift for our children, as you said. We want our children to enjoy, I would imagine most people to have an enjoyable life. The paradox is the more we distract them from their painful feelings, the less they're actually going to be able to feel joy and presence and wonder and delight because they're going to need to do more to repress their feelings. They're going to feel less present in their bodies So the most wondrous thing is the opposite of what might seem to be the obvious thing, which is actually just to listen to more crying, more raging, Mm -hmm. with more empathy.
1: Mm. You so, yes, 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 yes to all of that. Um, Okay, I mean, look. I just think there is, there is so much gold in this documentary. If you want to, if you get the opportunity to watch it um, and if it brings up lots of questions for you, I really highly recommend going and listening to some of our other podcasts, because we really do talk on a lot more practical level around how we navigate these things. You know, we did, we did do two podcasts too, on trauma in parenting and trauma in children. And that has got a lot of beautiful stuff in it as well. If, if, you know, you want to know, well, how do I heal more? of my own trauma or with my kids, there's some beautiful stuff in that. And a lot of the other podcasts we talk about as well, lots of of beautiful ideas of how we're doing it. And I think, you know, look, for me, I want to finish off with this is that, and, and I took this little quote out of the movie when I was watching it, the energy of trauma can be transformed to the energy of life. And I love this because if we are brave enough and if we are courageous enough to lean in to our story, if we put it out there to find the right people to hold us and help us if we need, then that is where the transformation comes. That is where we're going to shift who we are as a parent. It's where we're going to help our children be the most magnificent versions of themselves. And it's where we're going to create some healing in this world, which the planet deeply needs. And so it just starts with you taking a tiny, tiny step. And I absolutely know that it can feel overwhelming and where do I begin and I've got all this story. And so just know you just have to take one small step, one tiny little step to say, hey, I'm going to be more mindful of what feelings come up for me or I'm going to seek out some others who I can talk to about this or I'm going to go get some counselling or support or whatever it is for you. It is one tiny step of willingness to to lean into what you need to feel that then creates more space for your children, and that is the biggest gift you can give them. Mm, So
0: beautiful. Do you, do you have a, um, uh, is that, that was kind of like your question. That was you, my offering. That was, was, was my, that was my life. It. And I thought You've already done that. That's wonderful. I love it. So what much. about you? <laughs> um, do you know what I'm thinking is I'm almost thinking we might, we could almost do a part two. So if, if there, if you have questions as you're listening or you have comments or things that like you like to talk more about, cause I've got notes here, you know, we didn't, we could talk more about addiction. We could talk more about um physical illness all kinds of stuff so if you have stuff that you'd like to us to talk about please come along to probably our instagram page or but your facebook page if you want and come and come and let us know what you would what you would like us to talk more about
1: yeah yeah i agree that's good all right so amongst all of this too, marion like we have lots of beautiful offerings if you want support Like we have got lots of beautiful stuff that, you know, can help guide you. Marion, do you want to share a bit about what you've got?
0: Uh, Yeah, I've got lots of new things coming up. I've got a six hour workshop, which is actually all about this kind of stuff. It's all about understanding um, stress and trauma and control patterns and how we can support our children. So they have fewer control patterns. So that's coming up. I've got two spaces for one on one work. And I've got an aware parenting instructor mentoring immersion. So, for people who are wanting to become instructors and want some deep support with that, I've got those going on. What about you, Lau? Yeah
1: beautiful um well I have you know I have a couples course which is um an evergreen course you can do which is really designed for couples to look at what are your stories and imprints and what we bring to parenting and then a lot of these tools we talk about so yeah and by course, the way I have you know, so many people
0: whenever I see them in there web parenting community going oh my god we did Laurel's course it was amazing a <laughs>
1: couple's course all <laughs> of your courses you, I hear that but <laughs> oh, thank you that <laughs> That's so nice to hear uh and I have a and where are we we're sitting in the kind of mid-June I I have got an immersion that i'm going to start probably towards the end of july which is again an eight-week journey where you get to you get to have access to me and take you through a whole lot of other stuff with a group of people and that's powerful so um yeah there's bits and pieces yeah but i think look again if you go back and listen to our podcasts you know you will see that we have um we there's a lot of information there yeah Yep. And you know what, what I really want down. to mention,
0: of course, yeah. is Aletha Salter, who is the founder of Aware Parenting. Yes. She Beautiful. has Raising Drug-Free Kids. It's a yep. book, 100 yep. Tips for Parents. And if you think it's not relevant for me, again, this yep. is relevant for every parent. I would love every parent to have this. Yep. Yep. And it starts off with babies. It starts yep. off birth yep. to age three, three to yep. six. It's amazing. I really recommend it for every yep. parent. Please buy this book or borrow it from your library or get it into yep. your library Yeah,
1: whatever. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you everybody for for being yeah, for being here <laughs> Not thank you yeah. for listening <laughs> like I'm at a, a conference. Uh, uh, thanks everybody yeah. for listening and um, and we hope this really landed with you and yeah I really second what Marion said please like leave us a comment or send us a message whatever if there are pieces you'd like us to um, go further with we will definitely do that. so thank you for your listening and you know Mike, again as we always say be gentle and compassionate and kind to yourself remember yes. we are all doing the best job we know how yes so much love to you thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about layel at www.laelstone.com.au or find marian at www.marianrose.net We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.